It is the Modern Drinker Show, after all, so that's probably what you'd want to do right here on this beautiful Saturday evening as we wind down a summertime in the Mile High City. Greg Hollenbach and Jay Parker, it is the Modern Drinker Show right here live on 630 KHOW and iHeart Radio Station. Now, um, we're going to get to Renegade and Ben Uncles, and then we also have a treat um, from Brest, France. And it's our sister city for biz- business and economic development, uh, which is really cool when you talk about these sister cities. And we'll tie this all in, but nothing better than to b- bridge the gap when it comes to uh, food and beverage. And that's what we have going on. And that, and that brings people together, man, sitting around with a good meal and a cold beer. Now, Ben Uncle, so let's bring Ben on for just a second here because we put out there for uh, Micro Brew Fest. And uh, we called out to people. We said, well, just five different styles of beer. That's all we need, right, Ben? That's uh, that's all we're looking for, which I'm. I think it's crazy. People haven't got it because I literally am sitting next to six different styles of beers that I brought in for you guys to drink. So if if, if it's open, I'll take that. But <laughs> I will listen until you have a ticket because you'll be pouring. I, will you be there next? I, I will. The yeah, 23rd? this is uh, love it. Uh, this is one I specifically made sure I was on for. I've got oh, my team. Uh, we've got my team. Actually, I think they just finished up at Rocky's Brewfest today, uh, so I sent two of our best out for that. But next week, I will make sure that I'm there. I've, I've been excited for this one. Very cool. Let's go to the phones. All right. Uh, who do we have here on the phone? Me would be David. Hi, David. There you go. I got you. Uh, David, you sound like a very astute uh, beer lover right there, and we just want to make sure that uh, if we're giving away two tickets, that's a $70 value to 50 uh, craft breweries that will be pouring at Micro Brewfest with hundreds of uh, beers that you should know five different styles or types of beers, which I'm assuming you do. Well, let's sure hope so. Let's try it. All right. Why don't we start with an ale? Add a lager and a porter and a stout and a malt. There's wheat beers. There's pilsners. Does that give me four, where am I now? All right, so here's the deal. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let. I, I have to be a, a sweetheart of a host, so I'm gonna let Ben at you. Where did he go wrong to begin with, Ben? So the first thing that you got on there, um, while technically true, uh, ales and lagers are types of beer. Really, those are categories. That's that's the types of yeast that those beers are using. And so within uh-huh. those, you're going to see crazy different things. So technically, like, it's like Pilsners and ales and lagers would all be the same. Uh, well, Pilsner is actually a lager. Okay. But so it's uh, Pilsner uses lager yeast. And so it is a type of lager. Okay. And then you uh, later you said malt. Malt is actually just one of the four main ingredients that goes into beer. So technically, malt and malty categories you would use to describe something like a, a porter you mentioned something a little bit darker a little bit sweeter not as much hop forward usually but it's not itself actually a type of beer okay now here it is though we we're very forgiving here and so was ben because ben looked at me and said hey let the guy go right we, we want you there and that the reason why is because we want to educate on craft beer and styles of beer and ingredients of beer and all of those things so you're going to go to micro brew fest how's that sound 
Oh, you just rock. David, <laughs> no problem. And I'm going to put you on hold. You'll give your information to Stephen. I'll put you on hold there, uh, which is really cool because, uh, first of all, I love anybody, uh, Ben, that will take a guess at the risk of seeming like he doesn't know anything or could be picked apart just a little bit. And that's not what this was all about. No, this no. was just, you know, name five, five styles. And there were some very obvious things in there. And I think hearing you and giving those explanations, uh, even I learned something. I learned something. I mean, my whole thing, we get people into the tap room all the time who apologize when they order our 1916 Colorado lager, which I kind of describe uh, generally as the best cores you'll ever have, or, or some of the more simple styles. But I don't believe in that at all. Like, people should drink what they want to drink. I'm not going to be impressed with you because you're ordering our highest IBU IPA. I happen to like that beer a whole lot, but I don't think that you're any more entitled to, uh, to, to sort of your knowledge and you're not right. higher ranked in my right. mind just because that's what you're reaching for. So, and, and again, I mean, we were talking about it. Uh, the best way to learn about beer is to drink it. So, uh, uh, do we remember the name of, uh, who we just, David, did? Yep, David, 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 come see us at Renegade. I'd love to, uh, uh, you know, talk to you a little bit about some beer styles while we're drinking some great beers together. Yeah. That's what it's all about, right? Oh, I yeah. mean, pouring, talking to the community, chit chatting about beer. And, uh, again, there's n- no dumb question. There just really isn't a dumb question. And what I love even more and more, especially because, of, and I call it a culture, the craft culture is, uh, the education that goes behind it. And I love more and more seeing women involved in mm-hmm. that education and going into tap rooms and sitting down. Next to their fella and saying, I'm going to order for us right now. You want to talk about that? Our head brewer, our head of sales, and our tapper manager, all women. Amazing women that are just knocking out of the park. Amy, our head brewer, is just making some new stuff people have never seen before. Uh, and really kind of starting to turn some heads. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, just uh, craft beers for everyone. There shouldn't be a barrier of entry just because you don't know the correct term to say or your word. You might pronounce something right. wrong. What's Amy's last name? Uh, Amy uh, Soti. Okay. S-O-E-T-E. Lori Midson was on the lookout for women brewers. <laughs> and um, Amy should definitely be on her radar. Oh, yeah, Amy's uh, Amy's doing some pretty incredible stuff. Uh, it, Flights of beer, that's kind of a cool way to, you know, what? listen, while we're on the subject, um, and again, talking to Ben Uncles, Renegade Brewing, and uh, then we have a treat with for you with uh, Sasha and Lorette Heppel, uh, that um, Lorette is actually the chair of our sister city, and she's a committee member, uh, chair of sister city, committee member for Denver and Brest, France. And we'll talk about the tie-in with that, and we'll, we'll catch up with them. But while we're on this subject of education and beer, uh, some of the best ways when you go into a brewery, um, to be able to absorb some of that knowledge and not feel like I'm an outsider and I'm afraid to ask questions. What do you figure is the best way to do that? I, you just alluded to it right there. Order a flight? It's, it's ordering a bunch of different beers because if you don't know what you like to drink, you don't want to be stuck with mm-hmm. something that you're not going to like. Agreed. And so trying a whole bunch of different things. And unfortunately, our tap room gets pretty busy sometimes. So our, you know we don't always have sure. the most time. but. Honestly, the slower times where I actually get to talk with people and kind of talk yeah. them through what they're tasting, those are my favorite times. All I hear is go early. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a big part of it. That's um, what I hear. But yeah, so we, you know, uh, a flight is going to be a certain number of beers. Um, a lot of places do four, sure. six. We don't actually have a set number at Renegade. We do uh, just, we have four ounce pours and you just get as many or as few as you want. And then just trying and figuring out what do you actually like? Yeah, discover your tastes. 
It's it's really in. I mean, it's a flight, um, and I don't. It's not for this reason, but it's for me. It's a flight of taking off with you with your mind and your imagination and your taste buds. Uh, you're taking a trip right there. Oh, and then once you find that beer that resonates right. with you, you're taking a trip out of the uh, solar system right there. Right, and and so you know what what I take away from that is when you order a flight of beer that. Don't don't limit yourself because a lot of times my taste buds have uh, changed throughout the year, um, almost with some of the things that I never really liked, and then I've matured in a different way. Even the same way with foods, mushrooms didn't like as a kid. Now I love mushrooms. I'm the exact same way uh, with um, with cheeses. Same way, the, the the more pungent the cheese is now, the more delicious it is for me. A blue cheese was never on my radar. Same way with an IPA. Revisit an IPA, especially how delicious the IPAs are being made these days as well. Uh, people say an IPA is really an acquired taste, and a lot of people try and out-IPA the next guy, you know, to, to make it as bold and in-your-face as possible. But there's such a wide variety of IPAs, and that's why at Micro Brew Fest, we're doing an IPA competition. And it's not one of those competitions to where uh, your styling of IPA has to be, to be specific. We want to have that broad uh, arrangement of IPAs. I actually just had to uh, specify with Kyle, the uh, gentleman who's uh, organizing this. I was like, really? Anything yeah. goes? And he was like, we're looking for sour IPAs. Yeah. We're looking for doubles. We're looking for New England. That's right. Uh, so that's... I, I'm so excited for that. And we're actually uh, we're going to be submitting a beer we have yet to release for that. So... Uh, that hey, that's exciting. Yeah, we actually brewed that one with the Colorado State Senate. Uh, we did a program with them called Hop the Vote. And that's uh, they're going to revisit that again this year with the Colorado Brewers Guild. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Can so, we, do we know the name? Are we allowed to know the name of the beer? So right now, we haven't officially gotten one. We uh, haven't so named the beer yet. We, we have a, a working title. We, we affectionately refer to it around the, uh, the brewery as Senate Vote, but we've left it open for the state Senate to actually do that, and no one's gotten back to us yet. So, uh, and everybody has an opinion, I'm sure. <laughs> Just call it uh, Undecided. I like Veto. <laughs> the Undecided Voter. Yeah, there you Something go. Something like that. Neutral, or what's the neutral How about Veto? Voter? Uh, veto power? Yeah, not too bad. There's some good stuff. I mean, there. there's there's so many different things, but again, like we just kind of asked for something from them. Any of these things, and How about I haven't heard back. The bipartisan. I mean, and that's it's funny you mentioned that because that's one of my favorite things about this particular program is normally in politics you see it's uh, it's the left versus the right, you yeah, know, and just beer. everything. Just Here, bridges it, everything. It's all about the beer. So this is actually the state senate who brewed with us. Versus the state House of Representatives uh, who voted, or not voted, who brewed at Four Noses. But, you know, crossing party lines, just bringing people together. Just have a beer. Great just segue, Ben. It. You didn't even know you did it. But here we go as we go over to Brest, France. And we introduce these folks that we bridge the gap with. And beer is one of the best things that, that does it. And uh, I'll just uh, set it up like Alice in Wonderland. You go right to the beginning. And uh, the beginning tale of this is Sasha Heppel. When I look on our Facebook uh, for Micro Brewfest. I see a gentleman that reached out to us and says, we have something cool coming your way. And just right into that microphone. And Sasha, welcome to the Modern Drinker Show right here on iHeartRadio. You reached out to us yeah. and you said what? Well, I uh, I said thank you because you put all the microbreweries of Denver, at least most of them, in one place. And so we have delegates coming from Brest, France, and they want to try Denver beer. And you have... Denver beer all in one place, so it was the perfect opportunity to bring all our delegates from Brest 
to try the beer. And you brought this gal with you, and same name, fake. I'm uh, assuming this might be in, in relations. Maybe your mother? So this is my mom, and she is just a amazing woman who's uh, devoted herself to this Denver breast relationship. I mean, it goes back all the way to 1947. 47. 47. Yep. All right, I let's do the story. <laughs> we'll, we'll do the proper introductions and we'll hear the story and and we love it and and welcome so much. We're so thrilled to have you in Denver, Colorado. And so we'll make it all make sense for you, but as Denver and Breast Fan- France joins hands and we talk about business and economic development, um just having a sister city and and something with Breast France is is uh just outstanding and we'll talk about how that comes about. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and Sasha Heppel along with Lorette Heppel Myself, Greg Holland, back, and Jay Parker, and then our friends from Renegade Brewing. Ben Uncles is also in studio with us. We're going to throw out a flight and do a little bit of sampling and uh, bring it all together right here in the iHeart Studios. We'll be back in a flash. It is the Modern Drinker Show on iHeart Radio. You'll share a little drink with us on this festive day. It's the Modern Drinker Show. Hey, it's Greg Holland back for Gluten-Free Things. Are you intolerant or sensitive to gluten? Or maybe you're a gluten-free lifestyler? Is your menu limited because you've eliminated gluten from your diet? Are you missing the taste of foods that traditionally contain gluten? What if I told you that you can add breads, pizzas, muffins, cakes, cookies, waffles, croissants, English muffins, the list goes on right back to your menu. Gluten-Free Things is a local gluten-free and vegan bakery that reintroduces you to the foods you love. Owner John Irvin believes gluten-free shouldn't taste like the box that it's packaged in. Trust me when I tell you the products from his bakery in Arvada are fresh, flavorful, and masterly crafted, leaving you with a product that tastes like the real thing. Simply delicious. The bakery is located in Arvada on 64th and Sims across the street from Arvada West High School. Check out their website at glutenfreethings.com. You'll be amazed with the variety of gluten-free products they make. And chefs, don't leave your gluten-free restaurant guests without options. Contact John at info at glutenfreethings.com. That's info at glutenfreethings.com to see what he can do for you. Give him a shot. 11651 West 64th Avenue in Arvada. It's gluten free things. Hot dogs! Get your Billy's gourmet hot dogs! Hot dogs for grown ups and kids alike! Awesome homemade sausages! Get your Billy's gourmet hot dogs! Billy's gourmet hot dogs. 100% single sourced meat. Never any artificial flavors or coloring. And always hormone free. Experience the best dogs you'll ever eat. Just two blocks from Coors Field. A perfect place to sit on a sun filled outdoor patio and grab a beer and dog before a game. Billy's gourmet hot dogs. Hello, this is Sam Caligioni from Dogfish Head Craft Brewery, and you are listening to The Modern Drinker on the iHeartRadio Network. Okay, here we are. Lots going on in the iHeart Studios on a lovely Saturday evening in the Mile High City as we wind down summertime and we start to emerge ourselves into fall, and you can kind of feel that in the air. And I think this is the uh, last weekend where... Uh, this is a full summer weekend. Next weekend, it's uh, half summer, half fall, and I think a micro brew fest will mark that spot. Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, and in studio, I hope I'm saying these names correctly. I know I'm saying Ben Uncle's name correctly from Renegade <laughs> Brewing Company. Ben, uh, thanks for coming in studio and uh, bringing some delicious craft beer with you. Well, I, I, the, I think the only way to talk about beer is to be drinking with it. Yeah, so, cool. I mean, 
No way I could come without doing that. What do you think? Um, here it is, Sasha Heppel and uh, his mother, Lorette Heppel, uh, chair of Sister City Committee, Denver and Brest, France, as they join together for business and economic development. Uh, student exchanges are a big part of that, but uh, here they are in studio with us, and, and they're going to um, bring a couple of folks over to Micro Brewfest, which we hope you join us as well. Information at microbrewfest.beer. Uh, but we'll, we'll go to Lorette and, and welcome Lorette, first of all, to the show. Get right up on that microphone. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Sure, sure, yes. sure. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about, uh, let's take a minute and talk about um, this relationship between Denver and Brest, France. Yes. It's a very old relationship. <laughs> 1947, you said, right? Yes. Well, it started, but really we, we, uh, we want officially to say 1948. Uh, actually, it started with a teacher who was traveling to France and to Brest exactly, and she realized the devastation that happened right after World War II, and Brest was totally in ruin. And so when she returned to United States, then she raised up the conscience of the Denverite, and she started um, collecting money in her school, pennies. And uh, pretty soon it became a, a school-wide you know, district, and they raised thirty-two thousand dollars, and were able to build a pediatric uh, ward of a hospital for children with that money. That's a lot of money, then. Exactly. To raise that, you're moving mountains. Well, I think the every school of Denver pitch in, and uh, so that's what started actually the connection between the two cities. Very cool. Yes. She get all that right. Yeah, on. and uh, I just want to point in there, like Eisenhower started the people-to-people -people sister cities, uh, and so now it's a worldwide thing that people are doing sister cities, and it was really to create peace and agreement, you know, with other cities across the world. Well, in unity, cultural diversities. Uh, exactly. There's yeah. so many things that the, is beneficial from bringing people together from different places. Uh, I mean, it, yeah. it's yes. very apparent. Aside but, from political point of view, too. Right. And, and then when you yeah. bring in the economic part, um, that, you know, it, as it is with any family, um, that when one person's up, that's where the other person jumps in and helps the other one that's down. It's and, true. It, and, you know, high tides raids all ships. And yes. I think that that's what you're seeing, especially uh, when you talk about after World War II and the exactly. ruins that you were in. That, that that type of thing is invaluable, almost to the point of where uh, that gives that community in Brest um, a, a leg up to continue on and maybe make things a, a little less disparaging. Um, yes. There is uh, also a long history between Brest and America, uh, the, starting from uh, the Great War, the World War One, and also the Second World War. We had so many Americans coming to France through Brest and really changed completely the image of Brest. So there's really a long history that tied these two cities. And uh, personally, myself, I'm very passionate about the exchange students because I've seen throughout the years uh, since I've been a chair, then the students have transformed their life going to visit and, and spending time in Brest. So we focus a lot on education as well as economic. 
Oh, that's just, I, mean, I have a flyer in front of me. People that, that this interests, and there are quite a few out there, I'm sure. Uh, DenverSistersCities.org is where you can find out in, more information. And with your emphasis on uh, student exchange, um, really cool to be able to give our youngsters and our youth an opportunity to be able to uh, see and experience cultures that they may never or otherwise would would within a lifetime. And exactly. I think that's invaluable uh, to do that. And as we uh, look at Sasha, uh, uh, you reached out to us and you said, we have a couple of gentlemen within the beer community, in the brewing community, one that um, puts together faucets, state-of-the-art faucets. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And, and then you have another gentleman that you said has uh, the only microbrewery in Brest, France? Now, there may be other ones, but they don't know about them. Um, and this one's the most famous in Brest, France. Uh, and so, as far as I know, it is the only microbrew in Brest, France. Denver's first sister city, which Denver, I, I don't even know the number of how many right. microbrews yeah. we have. <laughs> and when you see a guy like Ben from Renegade, uh, with all of these styles that are just sitting here and just the tip of the iceberg, uh, but two styles over there at this microbrewery in Brest, France. Ben, could you begin to guess what those two styles may be? Well, they're in front of you. I mean, yeah, I can see the bottles, so I bet I could. <laughs> yeah, I bet you could, too. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? Uh, and just looking at the, bot- the marketing, the labeling, uh, and then, you know, your best est- uh, uh, estimate on why micro beer or, or brewing in, in a very uh, wine-heavy uh, region of the world would be something that anybody would want to venture down. So it's something that we've started to see more and more in Europe. The uh, the craft beer revolution that happened in America was almost a, a countercurrent against the beer that was being produced in Europe. Uh, you know, traditionally you had your your English styles, your real ales. You had Germany producing their things. France was you know all wine and everything like that. And, and Americans, you know, who had for years, but America had been known for just our big macro loggers and prohibition did a huge number on that kind of went against that. And so, I mean, it's been in some ways we've been sort of fighting against what has happened there. And I think finally we're starting to see Europe say, you know, these Americans are onto something and actually starting to get back in that. And BrewDog was one of the big people out in England where they started to do American styles and kind of took that same anti-establishment uh, mentality with that. And they actually clashed a whole lot with the br- uh, the British brew system for a while uh, because of that. So I, I, I think history is probably the yeah. biggest thing. But. What's the name of that microbrewery in France? It's called Brasserie de Barrel. Okay. And Benoit is the uh, one who started it. And he was looking for a job in the craft brewery industry mm-hmm. in Brest and couldn't find one. So uh said, I'm going to start my own. And the city helped him. And he has a... Uh, craft brewery that is just so delicious. I mean, the beer is good, and Renegade saw that, and that's how this partnership or this um, idea came about, where they're going to work together to brew a beer. Now, Ben and Benoit, total freak. <laughs> but no, that was right? Cannot that say I've ever met the gentleman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, was that bland or same person? Well, maybe will we ever see you guys in the same room? Type. Of thing? <laughs> this, uh, this started with the regulars. I'm a regular myself at Renegade. Yeah. Um, and a guy named Rob, he's also a regular, and we were just having a conversation. We were like, hey, we're going to France on this Denver yeah, to Brest, sure. France, sister city tour, and let's go and 
find a microbrew to work with Denver. Yeah. And little did we know that the... the Boy, that must have been terrible for you, huh? <laughs> so, yeah. And I'll bet you Benoit's uh, socks are on fire to be able to get to 50 microbreweries in one area, right? I oh, mean, yeah. He, oh, yeah. He he's wishes it was excited. longer than 1 to 5 p.m. I'll bet he's like, hey, could, could you ask him if we could go till 10 p.m.? Because that the, the variety is great, right? Super, super excited. Just like a yeah. wine lover going to his region of the world would mm-hmm. be like, oh, this is off the hook type and of French thing. love to taste, you know? <laughs> they got those. Right. Their tongue is different. <laughs> but more and more, as we see and we find out, and, and please, anybody jump in at this point, um, that you talked about, uh, so here's wine. You've got the varietals. You've got the varieties. You've got the, the region in the world with the, the varietals and then the, the grapes with the varieties. And, and more and more, uh, you're finding with eating that this craft beer um the tastes and the flavors, it's like food. It's like, it's like the wine. It's like you can do more pairings. You can bring out the, the abundance of flavors from one to the other. And I think that the legitimacy with the craft beer, as we at, at Renegade brews more delicious craft beer, that you're able to introduce that into the food culture much and much more. And I, I would like to see what you have to say about that, Lorette. Well, I'm not a great beer amateur. Yet. I'm more yet. Of, a, of a wine. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet you, but I think it's going to only take a little bit of time. But I think it's a it's great discovery. It happened, uh, my son and I, we, uh, we traveled to France a lot, and then I made him taste a cake called Paris-Brest. So this was named after a race, a bike racing. And my son said, well, Mom, that's Paris breast. We should have something that says Denver breast. Anyway, we just were chatting like that. And, and that same year, you know, he had the encounter with Benoit and with his friend Robert. And then they start talking about the exchange. So I hope is we're going to have a beer that would be a breast Denver beer. And that would also be, um, we'd be celebrated with that, the 70th anniversary of the twinning of uh, West Denver. And I'll just say that uh, it's B-R-E-S-T, not breast, yeah. the other one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely, but the, the French say it so nicely that it could be the other one, and I wouldn't mind. I mean, I don't mind <laughs> to begin with, but uh, so noted is what I'll say. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite beers is... Um, the champagne beer that Brews Beers makes. Uh, it's a delicious beer. Uh, it's one of those beers to where um, I feel like I'm getting the best of both worlds, and it, it's kind of integrated itself into one. Um, but I'm really enjoying just the um, the craft beer and the craft beer culture um, enhancing and, and revitalizing this notion that you don't just need wine as your table side. Mm. Uh, you can now have beer, and it's totally socially acceptable. Jay? Uh, well, I mean, I can go back to the breast thing. Finally, somebody said something I could join in on. You know, I can uh, get it. Uh, no, I think craft beer right now is, 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 and Ben, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's hitting its stride in the way of, uh, for a long time, beer got the moniker of like uh, the, just this uh, fat guy thing that he drinks over here. Wine is, 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 there's varietals and there's flavors and all this. And now people are learning like, hey, listen, man, beer is just as magical. As, as, as chefs do with food, and as, uh, that's what brewers are doing with this craft beer. So I think that's, we're right in the stride of, of, of that. And, and I think you're exactly right there. A beer is just starting to be taken seriously on the level of a, of a wine, of a fine spirit that you see with that. In uh, 2009, uh, the Cicerone 
certification started out, which is the beer equivalent of sommelier. Uh, there's four different levels, and one of the big parts of it, like you were talking about earlier, is the whole idea of doing a beer pairing with food. You have to be able to, in order to get certified with that, match that. And you're starting to see now more and more that uh, restaurants want their 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 waitstaff, at least high-end ones, to be able to recommend a beer to go with a dish to complement that, the same way that a sommelier would have that going. It's showing up on menus far and wide at this point in time, and it's something that can't be overlooked because... Um, and, and it's just Jensen Cummings, a local guy that a chef that has to have beer to cook with. And more and more, when I look at the brewers, and I'm sure Amy, your head brewer at uh, Renegade, would attest to, uh, we're putting together recipes just like chefs across the world. <laughs> and these recipes are what we bring together with our beer. And um, the flavorfulness is just so far and wide. And I'm so excited to see uh, Benoit come over and get yeah. to, to I, I want to see the look on his face and and to have that kind of variety uh, yeah. is fantastic it's very yep. cool uh, you guys Delicious. thank you so much mm-hmm. oh thank so you much. guys yeah thank, thank you, you. Yeah. let's go drink us. some beer uh, Scott's <laughs> gonna come up at 730 Ben you were scheduled for 745 so if you want to stick around and just talk beer and do some samplings with us I love Scott I love I drinking beer so uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. and then we'll do some micro brew fest talk and you guys please you're welcome to stick around and, and uh, let the party continue as we should say. Um, it's 7.30 on 6.30 KHOW and iHeart Radio Station. Uh, we'll continue and we'll we'll check in with uh, Dave from Scott Brewing. And again, one of my favorite dailies is their True Blonde. And mm-hmm. it's just, mm-hmm. it's great to me. And then Upslope, uh, by coincidence, and I don't know why I'm so sale-driven. I'm so sale-driven. That's my life. Um, and sometimes it's a blessing because you'll try something that, and with beers and wines and those types of things, is you can get settled into a rut of something that you really like. And I encourage, especially with craft beer and craft beer recipes, that um, give something a shot that you haven't tried before because it very well could shock you. Um, the new stylings are coming up all the time. So let's talk about some of your stylings as well, if you can stick around, Ben. I'm into it. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, The Modern Drinker Show. We'll take that break. We'll be right back. We are an iHeartRadio station. You'll share a little drink with us on this festive day. It's The Modern Drinker Show. Remember the time when if you wanted to enjoy a classic Belgian-style beer, you'd better be visiting Europe? Hi, I'm Charlie Gottenkenny, head brewer of Brews Beers right here in Denver. It's with great honor that my partner Ryan Evans and I are able to share our passion for Belgian-inspired beers from our local microbrewery, Brews Beers. Located at the intersection of 67th and Pecos in the Midtown community, we invite you to Denver's only all-Belgian-style brewery and taproom to sample an array of classic Belgian-inspired beers. If you're a Colorado craft beer lover like myself, you're sure to appreciate our attention to providing only the best ingredients and care when we brew our Belgian beer recipes. With a food truck every night and open seven days a week, our spacious, dog-friendly taproom and beer garden welcomes you, your friends, and family to sample from a large selection of award-winning, small-batch, handcrafted artisan ales. Look us up online at brewsbeers.com. That's B-R-U-Z-B-E-E-R-S.com, and we'll see you at the brewery. Rocker Spirits. It's a distillery. It's a place to hang. 
It's about quality. It's about taste. It's about passion. Infused with American spirit. Rocker whiskey, rocker rum, rocker vodka. Get ready for an original look, feel, and experience. Old Town Littleton. And have you ever had pizza from a thousand degree oven? Great pizza from Sprezzatura. Open Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Rockerspirits.com. Rockerspirits.com. All right, we'll be right back to the show here momentarily, but uh, now it's time again to talk about our friend Jeff Rourke from A-Plus Beverage Solutions. We talk about how delicious craft beer is and just um, being able to have uh, such a variety and all of these great breweries. But if you don't have a guy like Jeff Rourke putting in faucets for you, uh, who knows how your beer is going to be handled? And you can't take that chance. If you're a brewery owner, a bar owner, a restaurant owner, uh, it says it all in the name. A-plus beverage solutions. You want an A-plus report card when it comes to pouring your beer. Because if you're not pouring efficient beer, what are you doing, Jay? You're pouring your money down the drain. Don't be one of those people that pours your money down the drain. Uh, you need to make that profit off your beer. And you need to have that beer uh, just as clean and clear and pure as the keg that it came in right to your consumer. 720-272-3809. 720-272-3809. I don't know a man more trusted in the industry. He's a family man, 20 years in the business. Beer, wine, water, nitro lines. He does so much. Get yourself an A-plus on your report card when it comes to your faucets with J- uh, Jeff Rourke and A-plus Beverage Solutions. Beer is good. Beer is good. Hi, this is Jim Cook from Sam Adams, and you are listening to The Modern Drinker on iHeartRadio. Cheers. Let's go drink some beer. I like that idea. Drinking beer on a Saturday evening, why not? You you are free, and you live in the land of America, and you narrow it down to Colorado, and then you go to Denver. You live in the best place in the world, and I just uh, sing it from every single rooftop how lucky we are. And we're also lucky to have this gentleman on the line with us. And uh, Dave, Scott Brewing Company, owner, operator. Uh, Dave, how are you doing? Good, guys. How are you? It's good to hear your voice. And I was just saying um, before you came on the show that uh, you actually brew my favorite beer. <laughs> um, that's great. Guess which uh, one? I brew, my fav- I brew my favorite beer. I'll too. bet that's, you do. That's not even true, I don't think. Dave, I don't Dave Thibodeau. Uh, am I saying that correctly? Thibodeau, correct. Thibodeau. Yeah. Dave Thibodeau, owner of Ska Brewing Company. Uh, really cool that you're a part of Micro Brew Fest. Uh, and that's not the reason why I'm saying that uh, you, you brew my favorite beer. I want you to take a stab at which one that is. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say True Blonde. <laughs> ah, you were listening. No, you 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 weren't listening. I'm sure, but uh, you're absolutely right. And I'm sure I'm not the first one that said that. That's my daily drinker. Awesome, awesome. Which is uh, so cool. But I don't know. Uh, we've got Ben Uncles here from Renegade Brewing Company, and he just poured me a delicious beer. As I look at um, the label of this, and uh, this is your afternoon ale right here. That's uh, that's our five o'clock afternoon ale. It's uh, we technically brew a pilsner recipe on that one, which is typically a lager. Uh, we use ale yeast. It comes out pretty close to uh, the blonde ale style, but you said true blonde. And if we're talking about daily drinkers, uh, I just got to say, Modus Operanda is my favorite porch drinking beer. Just in the fall, just <laughs> hanging out with friends, just grabbing one of those. So drinkable, so delicious. I oh, appreciate that, Ben. This 5 o'clock right here, 
uh, five o'clock afternoon ale. Ah, delicious. It really is. I appreciate and that. What a great choice to pour. You can obviously see what kind of stylings I you like. you got to play to the audience. But I go dark, too. Listen, I'm down with the brown as well. I really enjoy that. Scott Brewing Company. Dave, take a second and just talk about um, talk about your, your um, brewery. Oh, man. Well, we've... Uh We've, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Colorado kid. I was born in Denver. Uh, moved around a little bit when I was young. But what part of town did you grow up in? Wheat Ridge. Wheat Ridge. So, there you go. You are a Colorado kid. Yeah, right down the bottom of the hill, out by Applejack Liquors, 32nd Youngfield area. <laughs> Went to Wheat Ridge High School. And we couldn't get rid of you. No, no, no. I. I took off a bit when I was young, and then I ended up even going back to college. And I went to Metro downtown, and that's where I graduated from. Before I ventured off to uh, spend uh, the last 25 years in Durango. 25 but, um, years in Durango. Uh, uh, we Durango. probably have mutual friends with Jay Lum and Tom Wegg. Oh, yeah. And, oh, you do? Yeah. All right, yeah, we do have mutual friends then. <laughs> uh, those are really cool guys. And yeah. um, just Durango. It's just when you talk to these guys and then you see something, because uh, really, I am a fanboy of Scott Brewing Company, and just it's a delight to talk to somebody who... Uh, again, when when you use their product almost on a daily basis, can when am I going to be able to buy stock so I can get a return? <laughs> is that going to happen well, soon? It's funny because I you know I used to think God is there's going to be some weird day where there's other people invested, but we're like we're truly a uh, independent brewery and it's still the the same three owners as we had 22 years ago. So. Hopefully you'll never be able to buy stock. I'll Sorry tell you what, that. That 22 <laughs> years, it seems like uh, so long, but it's also probably a blink in your eye, right? Really is. Yeah, it's gone incredibly fast. So you're about... Mostly because I can't remember most of it. <laughs> right. Just because just it's, a, just a, it's a nature of the business, right? Right. Part of it's a blur. Um, so you, you've, you're really established, you're really embedded and I always I ask it because I think we talked about 22 years. So I'm sure you've had some opportunities, but uh, come on, man. What's your sell point? What's your sell point? Like the dollars? Yeah, dollars. They're, they're probably um, – it's high, it does, right? It's it up there. Exist. It doesn't exist. It's not there. It doesn't exist. And, I, and you're right. We've had opportunities, and it's uh, it just isn't – it's not the right thing for us. It's not the right thing for Durango and – and really, as far as I'm concerned, it's not the right thing for Colorado or craft beer at all. Well, I'll tell you what, and I'm, I'm going to get deep <laughs> in the weeds for about two minutes here, and I, I think you'll appreciate the conversation. But I have it with the Brewers Association all the time. Last year, uh, live from Great American Beer Festival, we do a show. Charlie Papazian catches up with us. We've talked to Jim Cook. Um, we've, we've talked to um, a lot of the... Uh, brewers that, you know, the business model in any business is grow. You know, you have to do better than last year. You just have to. You have to be able to grow. Um, but it's an interesting thing within the culture uh, of craft beer and the craft beer drinkers is it's a dichotomy between growth and, and steady growth and then still keeping yourself within that niche of the craft beer enthusiasts to be able to have that viability. And with the Brewers Association now putting out the labeling as far as here's how you can recognize that uh, this is one of the 99% of the breweries that you can now um, separate yourselves from the uh, 1% of the breweries that that produce and sell 
87% of the beer that that's actually a need to be able to put out there with labeling. Um, but to be able to remain independent and to remain within that, uh, lexicon of craft, that's a very interesting dynamic to be able to be a brewery owner and still be able to fit into all of those things and still, um, prosper. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was a mouthful. But I thought I'd get that out there. It was, but I hear you. It's a conversation we have all the time. It's um, how do you do that? How do I mean? Unless you're the Jim Cooks of the world, and I still maintain that every time they're brewing more barrels of beer, that they're going to lift that uh, ceiling for the Brewers Association in order to keep them craft. Uh, well, yeah, and, and then it's you already happened. Yeah, and if, it's six million barrels because of Jim Cook. Uh, and and uh, listen, I say it to, they'll up and down, and and again, I I ask the questions, but I'll back right off, you know, because I don't want to uh, make it that touchy. But you know, when Charlie Papazian was, uh, you know, the beginning of the Brewers Association, that kind of thing, their model was: here we are, we're the advocate of the craft brewer, the small brewer. We need to bandy together in order to uh, rise, uh, bring bring the tide up and rise all the ships up but then even they're finding themselves um it's kind of a counterculture to where you start it's like political correctness you start to eat yourselves right. with your thoughts and your mind so here you are with being the brewers association grow 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 but yet big beer is being poured in the halls of the great american beer festival so if and then let's make a label to delineate them and distinguish how can we say that we're not big beer but yet we'll still use their money as well it's just a real interesting thing to me yeah it's starting to uh i'm not really afraid of ruffling anybody's feathers so i don't mind going there but it's it's starting to get to a point where it's i you know i'm we're starting to find it a, a little frustrating and and certainly, we're going to use the the independent brewers seal that the Brewers Association has put out there. But I almost we've had conversations over the past few years about who, how could we get together and even have another group that is. Uh, well, you, you know, almost need that one off. You almost yeah. need to have that one off because. Yeah, and like I, who's, I talk who's the original. Who's the original owner? And like, did private equity buy out the original owners? Are you? Are, are you? Do you? Are you at the beck and call of? just some banker someplace. I mean, there's a lot of Colorado breweries who have taken a lot of money that that still can use that independent brewer's field, but frankly, they're original owners and the guys who made it an independent brewery to begin with. And I don't know how they distinguish between, you know, more than 25% of the ownership being uh, somebody that is not privately held also a craft right. brewer. Yeah. Because private equity, those guys are bankers. What makes you a craft brewer? Because you bought a craft brewery? I think that's crap. But, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. I want to start another group. If anybody's listening, it's like hey, li- private equity out of it, too. Let's stick with original owners and serious independents. And you know, and that's up. when you know and and listen I'm not looking to ruffle any feathers but again I'm not I'm not afraid to because I just call it as I say I mean you got to legitimize yourself and I think that's really by owning your own thought process but in the same in the same breath the notion of um don't grow in order to remain within a niche and then it, you also create a climate and a culture of people to where they're so sensitive. It's like with Scott and God bless it. But if you were to change hands of ownership and w- so would would my 
favor daily be with the true blonde? Would that change? And I guess it would change if, if the the ingredients were sourced differently, if the taste was different. Uh, but truly, on a consumer level, what does it matter with the business dealings in the back room? And who really holds the, the, the majority of your business? How is that going to change the taste of your beer? <laughs> if, well, I'll get... Or the fanship. Little, I, I mean, it's like, it's like rooting for a football team, really. You know, the loyalty is there. But if, if it changes hands with the owner, let the consumer figure that out. And I'm right with you. If you were to get the, that group of people together to really uh, break it down to, here's what it really means to be an indicator independent craft brewery here's what it really means and here's what that labels for instead of all of this murky water uh then that 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 label would mean something to me but to to impose that on the consumer and say you're not smart enough to know who owns this brewing company and you won't do your homework we're going to do it for you i mean follow the money the brewers associations just trying to widen their base to have more people participate within the brewers association I think that I think that's partially true, but I think it is it is true that uh, it, it isn't. I mean, for somebody like you and I that are more uh, engrossed in it, 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 it we might take it for granted it, it, because it seems terribly obvious, you know. But but I think there's a you know for the most part the general population out there there's still eighty five percent of all beer drinkers that are still drinking ABI. Coors Miller, sure. That don't Jay, that you don't say it all the time. Never, you say you know, it all the time. Know. No, I mean that's the only way that the. Hey, Dave, Jay Parker here. I'm the one uh, texting you hey, at Dave. all hours in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I say, yeah, I do say it all the time. Where it's the, it's uh, their business model is is to the majority of people that just uh, don't know, don't care uh, me about it. They just want a beer. No, it's, so it's crazy. it's was, it's you guys are on the side of fighting to to educate people and it's about awareness and say hey listen you know that this is what's going on and I'm a fan of all of that to, between me and you. <laughs> there was I was just reading an article the other day about Constellation in Ballast Point and uh, the article was that they had uh, that Constellation had done enough market studies that they realized that most consumers don't really want a, a an IPA they want kind of a lighter uh lower ABV beer and they want and 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 they started to so they rebranded Ballast Point they're starting to put more focus on some of their other beers that aren't as extreme as like Sculpin or Habanero Sculpin or whatever it might be and and in my mind I'm like this is this is how you guys are just going to create Heineken and this is how this is what happened post-prohibition and this is why we ended up with busy yellow lager because of market studies so they're going to be like they're going to create what it sounds like the general population drinks which is garbage and mm-hmm. and well, it's like man we've got so much progress now now constellation by ballast point and they're going to start turning it into heineken that, like, i can't wait fun, to see i can't word, yeah i can't and, and again uh uh, Dave Thibodeau, Scott Brewing Company owner, 22 years, um, probably much longer in the business, but since you've had Scott and two other partners uh, since the get-go, uh, yeah. what what an interesting story that you have. But as you look at the culture and the climate of which, you know, you're brewing in, uh, I still can't help but think, you know, and, and as a, a Colorado native, you know, man, when we were growing up, the, the banquet, that was our craft beer. 
<laughs> Coors Banquet, and, and there's a lot of brewers out there that, you know, let you corner them and you say, hey, listen, you drink a Coors Banquet? Yes, I will. I'm not going to lie. I went to Edgewater Inn last night and had a schooner of Coors Banquet. <laughs> <laughs> I had two back-to-back. It was awesome. Isn't that interesting, though? Isn't that interesting? And so you got to look. I mean, and, and again, it's like you, you have to look, and you can't be one of those people because I see it as PCism to where you begin to eat yourself. You have to look. What's the lens of Ska Brewing within 30 more years? When you're uh, 50 years in the business, how will your brand be, and, and how will it be held in that a steam and will it be will you just be looked at one of these old donkeys you know you've been around for so long and you've been carrying water and you've been doing it for years and years but you've got the new one-off that wants to come for your head and they're going to do it by saying that they're the latest and greatest and you're just old and you can't uh, keep up with the times am i wrong i think you're wrong with us with us particularly i think you're wrong because it's uh you know i think it's kind of um whether it's whether it's the offspring of somebody that's working with us now or whatever it is. But I think we're kind of, and when I say family, I don't mean my immediate family or even the Thibodeaux's, but, but the people that work there now, um, I think the people that, I think the kind of crew we've got and the vibe we've got is it's such a family situation. And I think that, um, you know, there's younger and younger people starting to run the show every day. Mm-hmm. At Ska. And I think that's always going to continue. And it's, we're going to, stay a progressive brewery and um i love your mindset because it's we we just want to do the right thing for the, the the cool people of colorado and the people that work at the brewery and i think that's directly going to correlate to uh, a a future where we don't become the dinosaur and i and you know we talk about it and it's not like i don't think we even have to try like it's just not in our nature to to ever be content sit on our laurels and and become that I'm not, you know, we're progressive. Only time will tell, though, and I'll tell you what. (laughs) Just when you think you're going to be like, how do people look? You know, that's Thibodeau Stadium. And I got to tell you, you're you're my banquet, baby. And when you get to an old guy like me, man, and I, and you're my banquet, then all of a sudden I made you less cool. And I'm sorry for that. But when you get it in everybody's hands, right? Uh, then 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 pretty soon, you, I mean, you'll you'll make the money. But uh, you got to continue to stick with that craft labeling. And I find it a very interesting thing within the culture. Uh, we'll, we'll follow it together, right, Dave? Right. Hey. hey. We will always embrace you, old coot. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Dave, so much. We'll see you at Micro Brewfest. Are you going to make the trip up? Right on, you guys. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. I've got a couple of other things going, but we will. Uh, Scott will be there, and we'll have some. We'll have a brand new IPA in the IPA competition, and we'll also have our Good stuff. Uh, kind of our our hot beer right now is our Pink Vapor Stew, which is a crazy sour beer brewed with beets and ginger and apples and carrots. Oh, I can't wait to taste it. Yeah, it's on fire. And it's, uh, so our, our Devin will be there and he'll be pouring some great beers and he'll be pouring True Blonde just for you, Jay. There you go. Thank you so much. All right, man. It was a pleasure. There he is, uh, Dave, right there. Uh, never call me Jay again. But what a Jay, speaking of Jay, what a Jay's. great get. That was a great get. He's a, he's a, he's a really nice Thank guy. You. It's been a while. He's a busy guy, you know, so uh, he, he's cool, yeah. man. He took the time. I'll bet you Ben Uncles from Renegade Brewing has a lot to say about. Did, did you enjoy that conversation a little bit? I mean, I love Scott, like everything about him. Um, let's see. Can we take a quick break? Oh, absolutely. We'll clean it yeah. all up. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. Greg Holland back. Jay Parker, the Modern Drinker Show right here, iHeartRadio. 
This is Charlie Papazian. You can try, and I'll probably say yes. You're listening to The Modern Drinker on iHeartRadio. It's a tap house. It's a pizzeria. Tap house. Pizzeria. Mamma mia, it's a mosa. The Crafty Fox Tap House and Pizzeria. Named one of the hottest new bars in Denver by Zagat. 60 rotating taps dedicated to delicious craft beer. With permanent Russian River Blind Pig handle. The Crafty Fox Tap House and Pizzeria. The most heavenly pizza you've ever tasted. The freshest ingredients. Baked to perfection. This menu, they use the same ingredients that they use to make it a craft. With two outdoor patios, including a rooftop deck, with a majestic view of downtown Denver, located just a mile north of Cruz Field. Let's play ball! 3901 Fox Street in Denver. It's a tap house. It's a pizzeria. It's It's both. The Crafty Fox Pizzeria and Tap House, where craft is their middle name. Check them out at craftyfox.beer. You're thirsty. You want a drink, a swig, something to quaff, imbibe. You want bogey's beer and wine. 400 craft beers. We're talking lagers, suds, brewskis, you name it, they got it. 170 whiskeys, hooch, moonshine, bourbon, scotch. It's enough for any gin joint. The guy who runs it? Kyle Moyer. He's a connoisseur. Guy really knows his stuff. You want wine? Kyle says there's plenty of great wine right here. Local, you know. Family owned. Make your taste buds come alive. Bogey's Beer and Wine. It's a shop, a store, an emporium, a flavor factory for distilled spirits. Right next to the Crafty Fox Tap House and Pizzeria. Near I-25 and 38th on Fox Street. You like beer, whiskey, and wine? This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Go to bogeysbeer.com. Now it's time for the Modern Drinkers Booze in the News segment. I like my beer cold, my meat grilled, and my entertainment explosive. Brought to you by the Crafty Fox Tap House and Pizzeria and Bogey's Beer and Wine. All we need is a, is a chair and a, and a cooler beer. Here's your booze news. All right, Greg and Jay back with booze in the news. Kyle Moyer, uh, the modern drinker. All the booze news you can use every Saturday night right here on 630 KHOW iHeart Radio Station. Uh, sampling some delicious renegade brewing. I really enjoyed that conversation with Dave from Ska Brewing. Uh, I just love talking about that, the culture of craft beer and craft beer drinkers. But Ben Uncles with Renegade Brewing, Ops Manager. Um, let's talk about it, Renegade Brewing. People can come see you where? So we, uh, our tap room and our original brewery is uh, located at 9th and Santa Fe, right in between Santa Fe and Kalamath. Uh, started out on a 15-barrel system that you can still see back there, kind of wander in, check that out. Uh, back in December of 2014, we actually were in uh, five different states now, so we had to uh, uh, head down the, uh, down the street a little bit. So uh, our brewing facility is just right down there at 1st and Santa Fe. But uh, we're all over town in liquor stores. You can find us all over, you know. We always uh, you want people to come down and see us at the tap room where we've got a whole bunch of stuff you can't find anywhere else. That's so cool. And uh, pouring at Micro Brew Fest. Absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, I'm in charge of the event staff for us. And uh, I got to say, this one I'm so excited for. I'm working this one personally. I'm having to turn down staff who are wanting to get on for this one. I'm like, sorry, we're at capacity. I can't get any more. Huge smile on my face. Microbrewfest.beer is where you can get ticket information. Renegade Brewing, go check them out. Jay Parker, you ready for next Saturday? I'm so ready. Ready or not, here we come. That's no right. better way to get ready than a deadline. 
Yeah, I can't stop it. And it's coming up uh, September 23rd, 1 to 5 p.m. Fox Street Compound will be there. The Modern Drinker, The Modern Eater Show. It is Micro Brewfest. The Modern Drinker's Booze in the News, brought to you by the Crafty Fox Tap House and Pizzeria and Bogey's Beer and Wine. 